Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Just the Tips. This is James P. Friel. I'm joined by the very lovely Dean Holland. Dean, how are you today? I'm good, James. Excited once again. Excellent. <laughs> well, today we've got somebody super cool. I've known uh, Arthur Tubman for a little while now. And Arthur's probably one of the most creative internet marketing geniuses that I know. And I know a lot of people in the internet marketing space. And uh, Dean, don't cry. I know you're an internet marketing genius also. <laughs> exactly. But uh, but we do have Arthur here. In fact, when he first uh, logged in for the recording, it said the FB community. What what was your what was your original thing, Arthur? I might as well just bring you into the conversation. It was FB community king, but Zencaster didn't like it. So they kicked me off. <laughs> I still think you are the FB community king, regardless <laughs> of what Zencaster says. So uh, it's great to have you here today, man. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Great to be here as well, uh, hanging out with you guys for a little bit. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about you know the overwhelming project that you've been working on for you know for the last I guess it's been over a year now, you know, and this whole FB Community King. Like, what is that all about? What what have you been up to? About four years ago, I uh, I moved to Costa Rica because I wanted to experience living outside of the U.S. for the first time since my uh, my family immigrated to America. And I just wanted to take a break from internet marketing and affiliate marketing as a whole. I just wanted to unwind, relax, kind of figure out my next step. Was a little bit burnt out from the launch uh, game that I was in at the time. I met a friend down there in Costa Rica who was building these giant community pages on Facebook and making a ton of money and generating a ton of leads. And I was like, I don't really understand why anybody would go and build a community about Duck Dynasty fans or country music or any of these like verticals that he was in. But I was intrigued enough to ask him to to show me what he was doing and teach me. Once he finally did, I, I picked up on it. I realized what it was really about was bridge marketing. Once you figure out what you're marketing or who your audience is, you could virtually sell them whatever you want. And you know, people want to rally around something they're passionate about and their interests, not necessarily your business. And so that was four years ago. Uh, fast forward to today, I've now built 250 Facebook communities in the tens of millions of fans. And I uh, reach hundreds of millions of people every single week. About a year ago, I launched a company that you're talking about called Monday Monday Network. And it's a media company, media publishing. We, we basically run a couple of authority sites. Right now, we're, we're averaging about one to one and a half million visitors every single day to the site. And the way that we generate those visitors is through social organic traffic on these Facebook community pages. And that's what, what, what's been keeping me most excited for the last several months. Dude, this is what I love about talking with you more than anything else. Like the numbers that you talk about just overshadow anything else I hear what other people are doing. So if you're listening to this, these numbers are real and Arthur's really doing this. Like I've seen all of the reports and like all this other stuff and it's very, very cool stuff. So Arthur, how how do you get this level of engagement? I know you've got, you know, very, you know, a lot of smart people that you're working with and you're obviously very smart yourself, but... For the average person, 
to start moving in the direction of taking advantage of community and doing more things with these bridge pages. Maybe you could just talk a little bit about what that means because I'm not sure everybody really understands. Sure. It's really two things, James. The first thing is going off of what you said, it's got to be a hot niche. And I actually created a, a hot niche guide because I kept, I kept finding myself going out and building community pages around topics I thought were going to take off. And then they either don't or they flop. And, you know, people think like every single community page I've touched it has exploded. And the truth is, is I've probably started like 1500 and only, you know, maybe 150 of them actually took off, which is like 10%. So it's not uh, rocket science, but also, you know, sometimes I'm just wrong. Uh, so what it comes down to, number one, is it's got to be a hot niche. And there's, I mean, you guys, you, you want me to give you the tips? Just the tips? Yeah, yeah the- just give us just the tips, Arthur. <laughs> All right, so just the tips. <laughs> we can't handle more than that right now. Yeah, okay. So there's really, you know, for anyone listening, obviously they can get the hot niche guide. It's free. I can give it to them for anyone that's listening. We could link it in the show notes or however you guys do yeah, it. Just, yeah, or just throw out the link. Where, where can they go and get that? Might as well tell them right now. So they can go to atubman.com forward slash hot guide. So it's my first initial A, my last name Tubman, like Harriet Tubman, dot com slash hot guide. Okay, cool. Let's keep going. They can pick that up there. So really there's there's three core components that go into something being considered a hot niche in in my mind and working every single time. Number one is it's gotta be uh, something that's an irrational passion. And one of the best ways I can paint the picture on an irrational passion is are you guys familiar with an event called Comic Con? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen pictures uh, like if you actually if anyone that's listening Google's Comic-Con and they go to images on Google, there's a picture that I found, which is like these like 40, like 30 or 50 year old people, men and women dressed in their favorite superhero outfit. And if you're into that, that's cool. That's awesome. You know, that's a good passion to, to have. I like how you say that as if you don't believe it, but we can keep going. You're like, <laughs> listen, if you're into that sort of craziness, good for you. well yeah because i mean like i run pages in these types of verticals so like i want people to stay passionate about that stuff because it's cool like if they're into it i'm not into it but they're into it and that's really awesome they're irrationally passionate about it to the point where they'll go to like some other part of the world that they don't live in dress up in their favorite superhero outfit and just walk around town in it that says to me that they're they're like passionate about that thing and it could be a, a lot of different types of verticals, but that's like my, my best analogy that I, that I can think of because like if you're going to look at that picture and tell me those people aren't irrationally passionate about that thing, then I don't know what what would be considered an irrational passion. Number two is it's got to be social. So meaning if you could think about like would they wear that thing on a t-shirt, right? Would they wear their favorite superhero logo or quote or whatever on a t-shirt would they wear their favorite dog breed on a t-shirt would they wear their favorite yoga phrase on a t-shirt or their favorite rock and roll band on a t-shirt or something about working out or something you know something about that thing would they wear it and if the answer is yes then it fits the criteria and then the third thing is it's got to affect one in every 250 people for it to be considered a hot niche so if it's like underwater basket weaving which i know is like a cliche niche that people talk about it's obviously (laughs) not going to fall into the hot niche but if it's like camping or grilling or yoga or dogs, there's a uh, an image that I have that's like in 1988, one out of every two homeowners in America owned a pet. And as of today, it's two out of three. So it's definitely one in, two, one in 250. So that would be considered a hot niche, which would be pets or specific breeds. So if, if a niche falls into each one of those three criteria, it falls into my definition of being a hot niche and it becoming a... Uh, 
a hot, hot niche community for me on, on Facebook. So to summarize those three things, one is got to have an irrational passion. Like people are just like, they have to have it. They're all about it. They'll do crazy things to get it. Like the Comic-Con people. The second thing is it's got to have a level of social to it. So would they wear it on a t-shirt? And that's like a really good question to ask about what whatever you're doing. And then the third thing is it has to affect one in 250 people. Those are, am I getting all that right? 100%. Yeah. If it, if it meets one of those, but not the other two, I typically won't do it, you know, cause I, I've been doing it long enough that I know that I can come up with an idea and I've had some pretty bad ones that I thought were really good and uh, they fall flat on their face. And so it's got to have all three of those in there for it to be considered a hot niche in my book. All right. That's awesome, man. And people could go to atubman.com forward slash hot guide to get more info on, on that stuff. So once we have these things in place, talk about the bridge, like the bridge marketing, because I think, you know, I, I know from, from working with you and, you know, just being in marketing, what that means, but I don't think a lot of people can necessarily see how they can go from having like a duck dynasty page to selling something that they're already in business selling or, you know, how they can actually bridge these things. Can you talk a little bit about that strategy that you put in place that really causes this to start getting, you know, ROI and that sort of stuff? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to get ROI and to monetize these pages, but really the way you got to think about it is all you're really doing is you're, you're building a place where people want to come hang out, right? You're building a community where people want to talk about their favorite thing, whatever that thing is, whether it's duck dynasty or yoga or music or anything else. And when I first started, my very first page was the walking dead fan club. It's literally called the walking dead fan club. If, if you guys want to go check it out, I think it's got about, I mean, let me actually pull it up real quick. Since I'm here, it's got about 805,000 fans right now. And that was my first ever page. And I've grown pages bigger than this one. But the reason I started with this one is when I was learning how to do this, my friend told me, Hey, pick something that you like that you're not going to get bored with in a month and abandon. Mm. And I happened to like the show. And, um, when I was doing this and I was growing it and I was, you know, telling people the results I was getting, I was like 40,000 fans, 50,000 fans, 60,000 fans. People would be like, okay, that's great. But how are you going to monetize it? Right. And yeah. uh, that's probably the question you guys are asking right now too. And the crazy thing is, is this page has made me millions of dollars over the years since I started. And you just got to understand that the people in here, they're people, right? People, consumers, like they're watching the show, they're buying memorabilia for the show, they're buying t-shirts for the show, but they're also into other things. And so if I was to take this page and go to my business manager and open up Audience Insights, which is a tool inside of Facebook, which is free, I can put in this exact page and Facebook will give me on a silver platter the demographic of people that are in this audience that are on this page that the things that they're into without me even looking at the posts or looking how they respond or doing any of that, just looking at the, the just the pure demographics of who, who's in here and Facebook will give me what are their purchase behaviors? What are their lifestyle choices? What other things are, are they into? And over the years, I've learned that this audience loves survival stuff. They're, they're conservatives. They have families. A lot of them buy homesteading products and gardening products and, a lot of like, like preparing for the apocalypse type products, which kind of makes sense because it's the, the show is like about zombies and stuff like that, right? <laughs> right, totally. So the bridge is really figuring out who the audience is, what they love, and then putting that thing in front of them as it relates to the show or as it relates to their favorite character in the show or something their favorite character would endorse on the show or maybe the character is behind as a charitable cause or, or whatever it might be. The bridge is just like finding those common interests between this thing that they're into 
and the other stuff that they're into and bridging those together. I, I don't, I don't know if that's clear enough, but I like this example because the walking dead fan club is like, it's a show about the end of the world. And if you think about people that watch end of the world shows, where they, what are they into? A lot of them are into homesteading. A lot of them are into survival. A lot of them are into like growing their own food and, you know, living secluded and things like that. Does that kind of make sense for you guys? It makes total sense. One of the questions that I have while you're saying that is do the people in this community who have gathered around to, you know, talk about the walking dead, you know, their favorite characters, episodes, like whatever conversations happening in there, how is this marketing message presented then, you know, to, to sell them, you know, one of these survival products or one of these other things? Like, uh, is it blatant? Is it subtle? Do they feel like, oh man, like this was such a great place and now they're trying to sell us shit. Like, how does that happen? Uh, a couple different ways. A lot of times monetization starts with lead generation. So getting people on a list and asking them what they want. And so one of the ways we do that is through infographics. So we'll create an infographic of like the top 10 tools or top 10, you know, wet, like self-made or homemade weapons you can make to prepare for the end of the world sort of thing. Or, you know, top 10 uh, tools to grow your own food. We kind of figure out what these people are into, what they're most responsive to as far as social posts. And then we'll create an infographic around that thing. But the way that they receive it is by giving us their email address and allowing us to essentially market to them. Another way is to do some kind of giveaway. So there's a, a conference that happens every year, which is Comic-Con, but there's also another conference that happens specifically for Walking Dead fans. And it happens actually several times a year. And we'll, we'll give away tickets for that event. And we'll also run a sweepstakes for it. So it's, it's a way to both generate revenue by selling tickets to, to the sweepstakes and giving away a higher ticket, higher like VIP passes. And also everybody that enters has a chance to win free uh, general admission tickets. And so we're not selling anything. We're just collecting an audience, a list that we can market to. And a lot of times we'll go to that audience that we built or that list that we built and, and just ask them a couple questions, you know, run a survey and be like, Hey, what other stuff are you guys interested in? Or, you know, find some, some common denominator, not common denominator type interest and see like, you know, what they like or what segment that they pick and then sell them stuff based on their, on their answers or their responses. So just, just so I'm super clear. So you're saying then you don't directly sell them stuff within the community, but you'll build that community, take them away and build a list of those people. And once they're on your list, then you're going to sell them stuff through what, just email marketing straight, or are you retargeting those guys? What are you doing to actually sell? It, like I said, it, there's a lot of different ways to do it, right? There's email marketing, there's the retargeting strategy. There's also, you know, one of the things that I, I didn't even bring up is we'll bring these people to our site where they could read about spoilers or like reviews of a show that just happened that, you know, just aired on our website. You know, they could read like a long form blog post. They can consume this infographic that we put in front of them. And so there's ways that we can monetize directly from the audience. And there's ways we can monetize from them just being engaged with the page. And if that doesn't make any sense, if they come to our website and they're just reading, consuming the content and they want to continuously come back and repeat to consume that content, there's ads on our site. So they're viewing ads and there's advertisers willing to pay us to put ads in front of that audience. Right. So you're monetizing it that way too. Yep. Nice. So here's a question that I've got. So if you have an established business that you know is is in a particular niche or something and you want to build a community that could be a great place to you know, eventually farm people into your list or to, you know, kind of go the other direction, right? You, instead of just building a community and then selling stuff afterwards, maybe you have something that you already want to sell. 
can you sort of reverse engineer what what community you might want to build to make that happen? Is that possible? It happens both ways. Like when I first started learning, I didn't really have a product or service. I was trying to take a break from internet marketing as a whole. And I was just learning this new strategy from a friend of mine. Yeah. Um, and so I had no products and services. And so I ended up going out and creating a bunch of case studies and how you could use this to build live events. You could sell products, you could sell services, other people's products, your own products, whatever it is, you know, you can basically sell whatever you want by first building the community and then figuring out what you want to sell second. And then it works in reverse too. So if you already have a product or service, you have a business, you basically want to go do some research and figure out the people that buy your stuff, your avatar, what other things are they interested in? What are the, some of the things that make, you know, make them tick? So if you're selling a really simple direct example would be like, if you're selling like pet food or dog food, a really simple community page would be like, I love golden retrievers or like, who is the audience? Like what, what breed do you sell the most to with your pet food brand? Is it golden retrievers or I don't know, pit bulls or or German shepherds and build a community for those people. All right. That's a really kind of like a direct example. Another example is I had a a group of guys that came to me a couple of years ago and uh, they were trying to sell uh, Americana gear. So it was like plaques and like wallets and like things like kind of like proud to be an American type stuff. And they wanted to build their brand. And I, and I, and I tried to put them in this mindset of like, Hey guys, we can go and build you a funnel and we could drive traffic and we could do this, but I have a different idea. And I told them, Hey, let's build this community called addicted to country music. I just so happened to have already started building this community. I had about 30,000 fans I ended up selling them the page. They started the strategy of implementing the strategy of growing this community. Well, over the course of the last three years, they've built that community page, which is country music to over three and a half million fans. And when they got to about a million, they started cross promoting their brand, which is called Country Rebel. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of them or familiar with them. And, you know, in their minds in the beginning, it was like, well, we just want to focus on building our brand. But we started with the community and the community has grown to like now, you know, close to four million. We started cross promoting uh, their brand page. And if you go to their brand, which is countryrebel.com, not only do they have the largest country music network in the world as far as traffic goes, but they have a fan page that's close to 7 million fans now on their brand page. So it not only works in reverse, but it works remarkably well to give people what they actually want. And what they actually want is to build a brand which is recognizable and that people talk about and that has like some significant social clout. And it doesn't happen overnight, but it happens a lot faster than than if they were to do it like with Facebook ads or, you know, trying to do it organically or through paid advertising. So I I just want to ask a question that's just glaring out at me right now that we've not really touched on. Everybody will be listening to this, hearing these huge numbers of fans and and communities. How are you actually building these? So we've we've spoke about, you know, assessing whether it's a hot niche to even attempt kind of starting to grow the community. So how are you getting to these kind of numbers? Is this organic? Is this paid? Is it a combination of both? It's a combination of both. In the beginning, when you start a a Facebook fan page, you don't have any fans. And there's the way Facebook works with with fan pages is they're not going to just put your content in front of everybody or anybody, really, if you have no fans. They're only going to put your content in front of your fans. So really, the only way to to grow your, your Facebook community is to get in front of the right people that will share your content like your content, comment on it. And so in the beginning, you're relying on uh, what are called Facebook like campaigns to grow your audience. That's through, uh, you know, through the Facebook advertising platform. And typically I'll just, you know, just to give you guys like the straight, the straight tip for it, it's <laughs> basically mobile uh, Facebook like campaigns. And they're not really complex. They're actually ridiculously simple. 
it's you know an image of usually like either a illustration of the thing that you know we're talking about whether it's pit bulls or you know some rock and roll group or whatever that's you know, either dead or old or whatever and we're basically running to that audience that likes that thing and it's like hey uh you know the, the headline's like hey do you love xyz whatever that xyz is and then the call to action is click like if you love xyz and it's pretty ridiculous that that's how simple it is but it actually has worked for me four years ago it still works for me today and we get likes anywhere from a penny to to six seven pennies per fan in the beginning, once we get to about 20, 25,000 fans, we start getting a lot of organic growth. In fact, we have a couple of pages right now where for every paid fan, we'll get three to four organic fans. So if you're paying four cents uh, and you're getting uh, four fans, you know, one paid, three organic, you're essentially paying a penny per fan uh, over time. So. And and while while you're doing this, this whole time, while you're, you know, while you're getting these fans in there, both paid and organic you're also facilitating like the discussion by adding, you know, compelling content and things like that too. Yeah. So every page that's active gets eight social posts a day, uh, meaning social, meaning like we're not, they're not leaving Facebook. They're not going anywhere else. They're just, you know, whether it's a meme or a question or what we call an engagement post, engagement post could be a vi- like a Facebook live video. It could be a survey. It could be a quiz. It could be something that, that's kind of forcing uh, engagement and debate. They're getting eight of those a day and then anywhere from four to six monetization posts, which could be a direct, you know, lead magnet for like the infographic that we talked about earlier, or it could be pushing them over to our authority site, which is where we generate our, our, um, you know, traffic every single day. And is there, is there like a, a set level of fans you wait to get to before you start doing that? Or is it literally day one, we've got eight social posts and we've got the monetization posts or what, what, how do you manage that? Yeah, it's a good question. So I do have my my formula and my numbers as far as milestones go. So typically I'll start doing engagement posts, meaning like questions and quizzes um, at about 6,000 fans. So the first 6,000 fans is just a bunch of social content, no monetization at all. We're just building the community. If you guys, if you guys, I don't know when you joined Facebook, but when I joined Facebook, there was no advertising. And the reason there was no advertising is Facebook didn't want to kill the party right. before the party really began. And it's the same thing here. Like I want to build a community I don't want to just like kill the community by starting to try to like, you know, get money out of them right away or show them like this is a, you know, like a spam fest because it isn't. I want to give them like what they came there for. And so I'm not going to do any monetization for a little while. And so when we get to 6,000, we'll start doing engagements or asking them questions, surveys, quizzes, things like that. Not even lead generation, just just engaging social posts that drive comments. Once we get to about 20,000, we'll, we'll start doing some lead gen. So we'll start putting some funnels in front of them and, you know, generating emails, generating um, people on a messenger list and creating conversation that way. And then it's not going to be usually until we hit about 30,000 that we'll start actually monetizing the page. Right. I see. Yeah. Yeah. It makes total sense. And so, you know, as far as the, the financial piece of it, which is a question a lot of people have, is I'm typically going to spend somewhere between 1200 and $1,800 before I start monetizing the page. That's cool. And how do you know out of interest? Because you, you said something earlier. You said, obviously, even even you with all your, your wiseness and wisdom still get it wrong sometimes. How do you know? At what stage do you say, oh, crap, we, we, we got this one wrong? So if I'm at about that 6,000 to 10,000 fan mark and we're doing those engagement posts and my engagement on the page is not at least 80% a week. So if I have 10,000 fans, if I don't have at least 8,000 engagements happening every single week, meaning likes, comments, and shares on the page, I know that I'm, I'm off to a, a bad start. 
if my reach isn't at least 200%, so if I have, again, 10,000 fans and I'm not reaching at least 20,000 people a week, I'm off to not such a good start. And I typically won't kill it at this point until that continues till about 20,000. If I can't try to save it or, or see like what's, what's gone wrong. But most of the time now, as long as I follow my three core components to picking a hot niche, that won't happen. Usually the reasons why pages fail for me have been because I was just so gung ho about a topic, but I just neglected one of those three because I was like, ah, it's just, this one's going to work for sure. I like, I, I just know. And uh, nine times out of 10, I was wrong every single time. Yeah. I, I think that's gold. Like that's the gold there for anyone listening is like, don't just make assumptions, like stick to the process. Like Arthur shared that thing. I've done that in the past when I thought I've had the world's best product idea and you don't even ask your list. Like, is this something you want to learn? Cause you think you've got it and uh, you spend months only to realize it was wrong. So yeah, it makes total sense. I think that's really good advice. I think the biggest problem with most businesses is that they are trying to sell something that people don't want. Right. Or they're trying to do something that, you know, people aren't, aren't already buying and they think it's just because it's their great idea. But every one of us on this phone call has been humbled at some point or another by trying to do something that we just thought was a good idea, but other people didn't necessarily think so. Yeah. I mean, I found throughout the years that the community pages that I build and that my students have built, my clients have built, these communities are very, very forgiving. So if you follow the formula and you don't like over saturate it with trying to make money in monetization posts and you really give them good content, you can have a flop of an idea monetization wise. But if you really put your focus on the engagement and the reach and giving people what they want, they'll forgive you every single time you have a, a crappy idea for something that they really don't like. So one question I've got, and I know this won't apply to all of the communities, but because you mentioned the Walking Dead one as you know just such a good example of this. Do you ever have problems with copyright or trademark or anything like that while you're promoting, you know, a really popular show or, uh, you know, singer or some sort of, you know, artist or, or anything like that? Is that is that an issue for this community page strategy? I've only run into that issue once ever. And uh, you guys told me before the show that I can be really candid about stuff. So please, that show, that show was a really awesome show on MTV for many years called uh, Jersey Shore. Yeah. It's like watching a train wreck unfold. <laughs> yes. um, the only time I've ever had any copyright issue has been with that show. And we, we just, I just put an end to it. I just stopped running it because I didn't really, you know, it was like cease and desist. I don't really want to deal with that. All right, never mind. Closed it down. Couldn't run it again. With the shows like Walking Dead or like some of the other ones we have is like Big Bang Theory or Duck Dynasty. We're not claiming to be the show. We're not claiming to represent the show. We're not claiming to be uh, involved with the with the channel, whether it's ABC or CBS or AMC or whoever it is. We're basically just saying like, hey, we're a fan club. We're fans of the show. We love it. This is a community page. This is not a verified official page. We're just fans that love it so much that we want to rally other fans and uh, talk about our favorite characters and our favorite actors and actresses and things like that. We don't really run into issues on that side. As far as you know, doing things like put on demand, like t-shirts or hoodies or selling mugs. I mean, we just don't use logos. We don't use the branding, you know, of the network with where the show is on. So I'm not going to put the CBS logo on a cup. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not going to put like AMC's logo on a t-shirt. I'm just going to be really careful about that. Instead, I'll use like, you know, a favorite, you know, quote from somebody or maybe a silhouette of the character versus the actual character themselves. And if I really want to go the route of 
creating like a killer, you know, campaign and used the actual likeness of that person or the band or whatever, then there's channels that you can go down to get the royalty, you know, like the licensing rights to be able to do that. There's companies that do that. Mm -hmm. Because I imagine in some cases, I mean, the size of your fan page, like even the the show themselves would be like, holy shit, that's like, that's a pretty substantial fan page. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, And a lot of times you can go to some of the some of the uh, actors in the show and you can invite them on like a Facebook live to do an interview for your audience. Once you get these pages to a certain level and you could show this type of engagement, this type of reach, you can get the interests of some of the the people involved in the show itself or in organizations in your niche, you know, like if it was a big brand in like the pet space or a big brand in like the yoga space or whatever, whatever space you're in, you can get contributors to come out. You could do a live show. You guys are doing a podcast. You're, you're bringing, you know, business people on, you know, we could do a show that's, that's about, you know, <laughs> survival, or we could do a show that's about like rescue dogs or, uh, or yoga or whatever. And we could bring on influencers to share content with our audience. My client has a page that's in the CBD, like medical marijuana space, which is a pretty hot topic right now. Mm-hmm. Trending, and we helped them grow their page from 70,000 to about 550,000 in the last four months. And, uh, one of the ways we did that was through the Facebook like campaigns, but also we have, we launched a show on their page, um, which is airing three times a week where they're bringing in experts from that industry, celebrity experts, doctors, like all sorts of people that are in that space that are really endorsing it. And they're interviewing them. They're doing recipes. They're like, they're creating smoothies using like, you know, CBD and, and uh, medical cannabis. And it's working for them because there's a, there's a raving audience. There's people that are rationally passionate about it. People would wear it on a t-shirt all day long and it's working. I mean, that page is half a million fans. They're reaching 15 million people a month with that page. So on some level, you're creating like custom programming for these guys and fueling their passion that they already have. And so it's like causing a snowball effect. You know, like I'm, I'm thinking of what you're doing as almost a modern day cable channel. 100%. Yeah, that's exactly correct. That's exactly what this is. Is like you, if you think of each one of these pages as like, a channel inside of a cable network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like the fans of Walking Dead or, you know, the you know, the C B D thing that you just mentioned or whatever. And it's like, okay, we know these people are super interested and passionate about this. Let's just give them more and more and more reasons to keep coming back here. Hmm. That's awesome. So I know you talked about, you know, at a high level that the things that don't work don't fit like one of those three things that are part of your your set of rules now, but can you give like some actual examples of, you know, communities like, you know, one or two that you tried to launch that it, it just didn't work like the act, like, was it like, you know, I don't know if you went after woodworkers or, you know, like whatever, but like what, what didn't work like specifically, are there a couple that you could share with us? There's really like a couple of them that come, come to mind. So the biggest reason has been, it's either like, I am not, Either I'm not following my own rules, those three rules, or number two, I'm not passionate about the topic. So if I'm not passionate about it and I can't find somebody on the team or somebody I could hire that would be passionate about it, I'll probably quit. So this one falls into that second category. There's a show on TV. It might still be on TV. I really don't know. I don't watch it. It was called like The Bachelorette. That's one of Dean's favorite shows. (laughs) No, I really don't know that. I'm just saying. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, just you need to disagree, but that disagreement just didn't come. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, wait, he does like it. Sorry. No, keep, sorry, Arthur, keep going. Dean, do you know if the show's still on TV? Not to my knowledge, no. 
since he saw the last rose ceremony, he hasn't been dialing in. I don't know if, if it can work or if it can't work, but I could just tell you that it didn't work for me because after about three weeks, I got really, really tired of uh, posting that type of drama to these pages or even looking at it. It was like an eyesore for me. It's not something I'm interested in. I mean, I have pages that I'm not really interested in, but I have enough of an interest in that it's not going to kill me to look at it. So that's one example. Another example, and this one's just really bad. I ordered some uh, some Chinese food uh, one day and I was like, man, this Chinese food is like really, really, really good. I bet there's a lot of people <laughs> who love it. And so I started a page called I Love Chinese Food. And I didn't realize that like people won't wear that on a t-shirt. And there's definitely <laughs> about it in the community. And uh, I don't know if it affects one in every 250 people. All I knew was like in that moment, that food was like the best thing ever. <laughs> Haven't eaten it in like 12 hours or however long it's been of me working nonstop. And I started this page and I started these these ads and I'm like, this thing is like bombing hardcore. <laughs> and then, you know, I, uh, my stomach was full and I came to my senses and I was like, okay, this is a really terrible idea. <laughs> That's the best thing I've heard today. <laughs> That's probably one of the best examples you could have used. Like you're super crazy excited about Chinese food you're eating. We need a community for this so Chinese cool. food community. I actually, uh, I'll take a, I'll take a screenshot and send you guys that page of how, <laughs> how dismal it looks. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's been uh, super great having you on here, Arthur. I feel like we could talk for quite a while about you know all the strategies and everything that that you've been using. Is there any any last sort of tip or uh, you know piece of advice that you'd share with uh, you know an entrepreneur who you know maybe going after this the direct route, you know, just starting the community first or who has a business and wants to use the community? Is there anything else besides making sure that they go and get your uh, your guide that they should be aware of when, when uh, tackling this? Yeah, I mean, the biggest tip I can give somebody around this strategy is, I believe this is a timeless strategy, meaning like it, it worked for me four years ago, it still works today. I don't think it's going out of style. I don't think Facebook's going to wake up and say, you know what, we really hate content. We just want you to post links and <laughs> and, uh, and you know GIFs from now on. Or GIFs or <laughs> right. Um, and and just, pictures of Chinese food. Yeah, pictures of Chinese food, exactly. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're always going to favor people that put, like, real high-quality content and give their users a good experience. And so I don't think the strategy is going away. So if you're interested in it, great. You know, take a look at that guide. Try to, you know, understand how it works. But the biggest thing I'd like to share with someone is that this is a long-term strategy. This isn't something where you're going to build it and in two weeks you're just going to, like, money falling out of the sky and all these leads and people just wanting to buy everything from you and they're messaging you nonstop. It just doesn't work like that. It just it's it takes time. And typically, if you're going to build a community, you know, I, I gave the example earlier of Country Rebel. It, it took them three years, but now they have 10 million fans, rabid fans that want to buy anything and everything they put in front of them. It's worth it, but it's only worth it if you're willing to commit the time and you're passionate enough about it or have somebody in your team passionate enough about it that you will continue to build it month after month and year after year and really look at it as an as a long term asset not just a short-term direct response marketing play. Yeah, no, I think that's so so important for everybody to hear because everybody's got short attention spans. They want results yesterday, silver bullet, like all these secret formulas and stuff. And what you're saying is build an amazing place that people actually want to go, giving them content that they actually care about and build that relationship over time. And then it will turn out to be as great as it could be. Otherwise, it's just not even worth it. Very cool. Exactly. Awesome. Dean, any uh, any parting thoughts of wisdom? Other than being hungry for some Chinese food, I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chinese food guys walking in with egg rolls and uh, some other Chinese food. <laughs> no, I needed right to see now. one of those ads. I'd have been in that group. It would no longer have been a flop. <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, uh, well, thanks so much, Arthur, for being here. For you guys who want to go and check out this guide that Arthur's generous enough to be sharing, definitely go and pick it up at atubman.com forward slash hot guide. If I were you, I would definitely get on that. I know Arthur, you know, he's running his company, he doesn't really do consulting, that sort of thing. So if this is uh if this is a way of getting some of his wisdom in print, I would certainly go and download that. And so thanks for you guys for being on the show today. Appreciate having you, Arthur. Always great talking. And this is James P. Freel signing off of Just the Tips for me and Dean Holland. And we will talk with you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.